I'm Samantha Olds Fry, CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, and this is Sam Says, a podcast series focused on Illinois Medicaid managed care. Hello, I'm DeRondel Beverly with the Gemini Group, and welcome to Sam Says. On today's episode, we sit down with Dr. Malik Trivedi, Chief Strategy Officer at Station MD, to discuss telehealth services for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. But first, let me welcome our host, the Sam and Sam Says, Samantha Olds Fry, CEO of I'm Hip. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Durandal? I am doing well, doing well. We have a very exciting conversation coming up. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to introduce today's guest. As I said, we have Dr. Malik Trivedi, Chief Strategy Officer at Station ND. Dr. Trivedi, welcome to Sam Says. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So before we jump into uh, our, our formal you know, kind of conversation, I know Sam has some great questions for you. Uh, can you give us a, a little bit about Station MD and talk to us a little bit about your work and the clients that you serve? Sure, sure, sure. So um, Station MD, uh, I guess the quickest way I can say is that we are a telemedicine uh, organization with our mission really being to improve the quality of medical care for uh, individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, uh, IDD for short. We've been around for, gosh, about six, seven years now. Um, you know, I, I like to say we're telehealth pioneers. It's not too hard. It's kind of a relatively new industry, but we've been doing this for some time. But what we do is we provide uh, medical care to those individuals using our telehealth platform uh, and our solution and uh, really keep people in their home setting. So really bringing the physician upstream to individuals for urgent, non-emergent, and all, all medical questions and concerns that they may have. Perfect. And I I want to dive right on in to sort of sure. what you talked about, um, Dr. Trivedi. You've been in this space for quite a few years, given how new the industry is. And access to quality of care is so vital. And, and can you talk a little bit about what you've seen over um, sort of that time period? And I think especially over the last year or so, because from yeah. my perspective, telehealth has just grown leaps and bounds in the last year. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, so, you know, to address your first point, there, there are obviously, there are tremendous disparities in health and, and um, in terms of quality and in terms of access. And what we have uh, really sought out to do is remove some of those as they pertain to those individuals with these disabilities and disability community. Um, you know, just to give you a little bit of background, I'm an emergency medicine physician, been practicing for well over 20 years. And the whole concept was born out of my own experiences, along with my partners of seeing individuals in this, uh, in this community being sent to the ER urgent care for things that really they didn't need to go for med refills or minor issues. Um, one, because there were not that many physicians that really wanted to care for this population or two, there just was no modality to get them treated immediately, whether it's in the middle of the night or the physician wasn't available. So that being said, um, you know, we thought there's a better way to do this. Let's bring telehealth and telemedicine to bring that quality medical care to this population. That's how Station MD was born. Now, to get to your other point, um, I really, uh, over the last several years, we've gained traction in using this. But I think what's happened with the COVID-19 crisis has really just underscored the relevancy and really the value of telehealth and telemedicine. I think something that maybe would have probably taken a few years, uh, let's say three years, five years to become the standard of care, which I fully believe would have given the trajectory of technology. 
I think COVID has just kind of uh, supercharged it and, and really in a matter of months made um, telehealth kind of mainstream in, in that sense. The value of it has been proven. Um, the safety of it's been proven. Now, there's a long way to go. Um, but, you know, our specific niche in that telehealth space is providing care to those individuals that are in this position. And in my personal opinion, um, you you all or your listeners may have access to telehealth right now um, through their insurance, whatnot. But I really feel that telehealth and telemedicine has its most value when it addresses those issues of clinical and social determinants of health that makes it hard for you to see a doctor, right? Um, someone who's disabled may need specialized transport or they need to go with someone and they're more vulnerable to COVID and other issues. So, um, but yeah, hundred percent Smith, I think the COVID has just really accelerated the, the pace and adoption of telehealth for sure. And to, to piggyback on that, I mean, I know from my personal experience and then also from like my, the clinicians I work with both professionally and just friends, the satisfaction um, and, and the decrease in um, canceled visits, yeah. um, sort of richer discussion, especially when you think of um, on the BH side, um, yeah. either mental health or substance use disorder, being able to see a member in their own um, home to pick yeah. up some of those environmental conditions. Um, and then, like you said, really addressing their social determinants of health. I think when somebody like me thinks about going to a doctor's office, I think I'm going to jump in my car. I'm yeah. going to drive the 10 minutes. I'm going to have my visit. It might, you know, it's going to be pretty simple. I'm going to drive home. I can do it during my lunch break or, you mm -hmm. know, I can schedule an open space for myself. But when we think of somebody perhaps either who's disabled, who that, that trip is much longer um, and, and requires many more components or a working mom, um, yeah who needs to take a bus, who needs to figure out childcare, who needs to sort of figure out all of these other um, barriers first before even making it to the appointment. Telehealth solves some of those things and it doesn't solve the inequity um, that exists in healthcare as we all know, but it definitely starts um, removing some barriers. Yeah, oh, 100%. I, I mean, I couldn't have said it better. I, I think the issue is, is uh, I call it the trauma of transport, right? Um, as you said, you can jump in your car, call an Uber and go. And, and, but even that is, it's a challenge. And sometimes you sit in the waiting room or urgent care office, but for individuals with disabilities, they often rely on support staff or family. They often require specialized transport. Um, and as I said, I call it the trauma of transport. Once they get there, wherever they're going, um, it's oftentimes not even specialized care. Uh, you know, as I said, I'm an emergency medicine physician and, and uh, my colleagues are brilliant, but they don't have any other special additional training to understand the nuances, both clinical and non-clinical of this population. And an organization like ours, Station MD, not only do we do use telehealth to keep people in their home setting, but all of our physicians are trained to understand this population's clinical needs and, and, and also social needs. Uh, and I will say, uh, you know, all of this, um, uh, you know, the time it takes for us to be evaluate someone and see someone and devote the time, I, oftentimes transportation is not even set up. And everything I said, you have to put with an asterisk of COVID, right? Now more than ever, if you don't need to leave your home setting and, and, and go into an overburdened healthcare system, you really should take all measures to do that. But yeah, I, I think, um, I really think that this will be the standard of care as it gets more developed. And it already is becoming very, um, valuable for, for both individuals, payers, hospital systems, and especially the disability community.
Right. And to dive into that further, so we here on Sam Says have talked more about telehealth sort of in the broader community, obviously a big focus on, on mental health and substance use disorder. But you guys have such a unique lens on serving the um, the disabled community. Yeah. Can you talk about some of those challenges, but then also how you've solved, um, you know, some of the needs or address some of the needs of that sure. community? Sure. So, you know, we, we do a lot of behavioral, as you can probably assume, there's a lot of crossover between medical and behavioral in this community, in this population. Um, and you, you kind of uh, already addressed this. Um, you know, I say whether you have a disability or not, if, you're, if you have some psychiatric issue or some kind of behavioral issue um, before you go to the ER, when you land in the ER and sit there for seven hours, eight hours, you definitely will have one. So anything you can do to keep someone at home, we do. And in your home setting, um, it, it's much better evaluation. I also could tell you from a physician's perspective, when I'm evaluating someone in the ER, I have 20, 30, 40 other people that I have to worry about. I don't have the time that I can devote to you for an individual one-on-one -on -one session in telehealth uh, type of, of setting. So uh, that's another um, you know, advocate advocacy point of, point of view for telehealth. Mm -hmm. But, the, but to, to, to get to your point of what we see, Number one, um, uh, there's just a lot of, uh, you know, I hate this cliche, but low-lying fruit. Because of the fact that this population doesn't have great medical care, there's not that many clinicians that want to take them on. Um, they have unique medical issues that make them more vulnerable to COVID. The tendency is to send them to the ER uh, for, for silly things, to be honest. I've taken care of people that are going there for med refills, um, going there because they have a simple fall, or... Um, just to tick a box, rules and regs say, you know, I have to send you. Uh, and it's not that no one knows what not what to do. It's just they need a physician's blessing, so to speak. So we serve in that function. Not 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 all. Oh, I apologize for that. Not all calls that we take are for emergencies. We answer urgent and, and non-emergent calls. Um, but some of the things that, that are typical to, to kind of give you an idea, this population falls, fever, rashes, as I said, med refills. Just COVID, you know, someone comes back from their day program and has a fever. Should they get tested? Can they be cohorted? Uh, and you'd be surprised all of these things add up. And, and you know, from the perspective of, of the, you know, getting them to an ER urgent care, that's traumatic. But from a, a healthcare cost perspective, you know, it's quite exorbitant going to an ER arranging transport or these centers for simple things that can be handled using telehealth, um, I think really makes a difference overall. And that makes um, so much sense. And especially as you talk about the vulnerability of this community um, and, and how you guys can really address sort of those, um, just the standard level of, we when I was um, at the state, regularly finding um, providers that would serve the disabled community yeah. and would and was informed and was willing um, and accessible was always a real challenge and especially when you got out of the larger population areas. Yeah, um, and so right, yeah, hundred percent. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, you're right. And the beauty of telehealth is there are no geographic impediments, right? I mean, we can be in any part of the state in Illinois, and you can have that specialist, that 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 clinician that understands you, um, go anywhere. And, and, you know, if you have a cell signal or an internet connection, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I think it's been made clear, at least through our discussion of the value of telehealth for serving the disabled population, especially during COVID, but, but beyond that, do you want to talk a little bit about sort of the, 
the value of Station MD and, and perhaps some of the partnerships that you guys have ongoing um, sure. so that we can sort of get a sense of what to look forward to in 2021 um, and, and the work that you guys are doing to serve this vulnerable population. Sure, sure. So we currently are serving well over, I think, 26,000 individuals in several different states. Um, we partner with uh, payers. Um, we partner with provider organizations, meaning these are organizations that are tasked with the overall care for this population, not just medical. We partner with states, state DD agencies, um, as well as state Medicaid, um, uh, with everyone kind of having the same goal of elevating the quality of medical care. What I foresee for the future is, um, as, as it pertains to plans, health plans and, and payers, is it just makes sense to um, have a service like this not only is it better care, uh, top quality care, um, but it, it but it it results in significant savings, right? Um, and that's simply because transportation is expensive, medical care is expensive, ER visits are expensive, and oftentimes we can avoid those. Um, the other thing I'll say is that what we do is um, a few things that we didn't expect when we started was we do a lot of care coordination. Um, I may see someone, and uh, the way our service is, we have it set up is it's not a per call charge, we we call, we'll evaluate someone and say, let me recall you back in an hour. And I may see someone at one in the morning and say, you know what, they're safe to stay where they are. I can e-prescribe and treat them with something. And then I'll coordinate that care with their primary care doctor or their pulmonologist or their psychiatrist or what that may be. And everything we do, I wanna add is we document in the electronic health record. We can securely text, fax, whatever needs to be to their uh, primary care. So that care coordination piece is also, um, I think, critical. Um, uh, and, and don't get me wrong, the physician component of that care coordination between us and the primary care is important, but that also includes dietary, transportation, um, social services, um, all of those things. So I think all those coming together uh, to elevate the quality of care with this technology piece simply being the, the mechanism to deliver it is I think what this population deserves. And that's what I think the future will look like for sure. And what I love that you said there about that care coordination piece and that continuity of care and passing that information on to the PCP or the specialist, that's not necessarily something that happens if one of these, mem if a member goes to the ED, um, yeah. not in that, that meaningful, not in the same meaningful way, simply just due to capacity, not because the ED doc doesn't want sure. that along. Yeah, you're right. Just due to capacity, due to disparate systems, um, you know, systems don't talk to each other. And I think that we serve as, uh, you know, that kind of that tip of the spear that that we can coordinate all that care. I, I will say that our goal is to keep individuals in place. And our, our data over several years has shown that 80 to 90% of the calls we get, we keep the individuals in place. So that's been tremendous. And that's the great work of our physicians. But I will say if an individual does need to be sent out, we will call the ER urgent care and speak to them and say, hey, you know, John is coming from this facility because of leg swelling. They just need an ultrasound. Um, don't worry about their facial droop or, or whatnot. Because I can tell you as an ER physician myself, with someone comes there that's nonverbal and has certain issues, the tendency is to overorder, do a bunch of tests. Um, and so this not only expedites the care that they get, hopefully, um, but also eliminates a lot of the unnecessary testing. And, and um, to me as a physician, the gold standard is when another doctor calls you and says, hey, here's what's going on. And from a liability perspective, that also helps. Sure. Yes. And and, the, and reducing the, the cost of those unnecessary treatments, but then also the trauma of oh, yeah. those tests that, that just aren't necessary for that member. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, I really do think it's a better quality of care. And I can tell you uh, from the partnerships that we have with clients all the way down to the individuals they serve is um, it's been a real game changer for them. Um, and again, I say all this with the asterisks of COVID because I have no doubt that the service that we provide, and I shouldn't say not me, we, our physicians have, have really resulted in lives being saved, keeping people out of the healthcare system, not only individuals, but also support staff now more than ever is critical. Um, we have to get COVID behind us and anything we can do to mitigate the, the burden on healthcare system and keep people in their home setting. I, I think we should, we should take that opportunity. Absolutely. And what you said there, Dr. Trevetti, that I often forget when I'm thinking of just regular ED visits versus ED visits for the disabled population is support staff needing to go with that member, leave that group home, um, and then potentially bringing in other support staff into the, I mean, it, it is not a simple process. And so addressing that and with that 80 to 90% um, staying in place, I mean, that means that there's less disruption, not only for that one member, but really for the yeah. um, entire community. Absolutely. Yeah. The community, the support staff, someone has to backfill, but yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent agree. Right. All right. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, Dr. Trevetti, we appreciate you joining us today for this episode of Sam Says, and we hope that as your work continues to evolve at Station MD, that you'll, you'll be willing to come back and join us and then talk to us about what's happening and continue to contribute to the conversation if you're willing. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're looking forward to working with you and, and uh, expanding in, in Illinois. So thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Right. And so, uh, again, a special thank you to Dr. Trevetti for, for taking some time to talk with us today. Sam, uh, before we close, anything that uh, you didn't know or a fact perhaps that you found uh, interesting? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I obviously knew that individuals with disabilities ended up at the emergency department and that those services you know, weren't necessarily the best fit. What I didn't fully appreciate is, as Dr. Trevetti pointed out, how often um, and for what low level needs were being, you know, members were being sent to the emergency department um, and the trauma and the cost of that, how Station MD can address that um, in a meaningful way um, to better serve the member, to better serve the entire community, that group home, um, and to really transform healthcare delivery within Illinois, especially um, where it becomes more challenging in those rural communities. So I always thought of ED visits sort of at the higher end of care, if you will, mm -hmm. but to realize that it was also, you know, for very low level of care where an ED visit wouldn't normally be taking place, that um, was really astounding to me. Okay. All right. Definitely an interesting conversation and will continue to be interesting to see how this evolves over time. Uh, if you like what you've heard, uh, we encourage you to visit the I'm Hip website at imhip.net to learn more about what I'm Hip is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one today. And please like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And if you're interested in becoming a trusted partner like Station MD, I encourage you to reach out to I'm Hip's Chief Operating Officer, Elena Kennedy, or again, visit the website imhip.net. On behalf of Sam and the wonderful team at I'm Hip, I'm DeRondel Beverly with Gemini Group. We appreciate you tuning in to another episode of Sam Says. Stay healthy and we will talk to you again soon.